You are now listening to the Claim It Podcast with me, your host, Trisha Huffman, your joyologist. On this podcast, I love to have conversations with people getting into the journey of their lives, not just the shiny moments, the milestones, but really as much as we can to see what led them to where they are today. On today's episode, I have Alicia Ace Easter. And wow, I just, um, I was so excited to talk to her. If you follow her on Instagram, which I do, she's Ace Yoga LA. I could just feel like this energy from her and joy. And even I'm looking at the email she sent me and at the bottom of the email, you know, it says, stay brave in your pursuit of joy. Like that's part of the signature. So I loved getting to know Ace and um, it was really interesting to hear her story and this, the real challenges and struggles that, you know, you might not imagine when you see and feel this, this, this joy coming out of her. So let's get into the episode. Oh, and real quick, if you haven't yet, do me a favor, hit subscribe right now. And if you haven't yet, leave a review, or if you're new to the podcast, listen to the episode and then leave me a review. And if you do, you can screenshot it and send it to podcast at yourjoyologist.com and I'll send you a gift from my product line because I really love those reviews and they help. They help a podcast out. All right, let's get to the episode. Uh, okay, first of all, I just have to say, I don't, I've never met you in person. I don't know you besides social media, which I think is a magical place. I've met a, some of my best closest, dearest friends, relationships I've met through social media. For those people listening out there, don't discount the power of talking to people online. Like really, if you use social media as a space for connection, you know, for joy, like you can, your life can change from who you actually connect with there. So, so <laughs> just saying that anyway, but I can just feel your energy through everything that you do and post. And then as soon as, yeah, as soon as you popped up on my Zoom screen today, it was just like, yeah, I started crying. Well, I mean, things that you said also, but just your energy is so magical is, is the only, is the main word I got for you. And so just had to say that right away. <laughs> well, thank you so much for seeing me and receiving me. And thank you so much for inviting me here and um, asking me, this is such an honor. and. I feel like, you know, it was really special. I'm kind of glad that we needed to reschedule from the original day and doing it today on summer solstice as a Sunday and it's Father's Day, which is like just, you know, a beautiful journey in and of itself for me. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to be here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so I like starting with hearing about you can go earlier, but I like to first like dial into like high school years because I feel like in high school, we can definitely feel this internal and external pressure of like, what am I supposed to do with the rest of my life? And like, like trying to figure like everything out and there can be pushes of like, you know, you should go to college, you should do this. And, or, you know, so yeah, what was life like for you? Like I said, you can go earlier growing up and like, 
how, what were you thinking about and feeling in high school? And where did you think your life would go? Or did you not think about that stuff? And we're just, okay. Well, I love that. Well, when I was in high school, I thought, okay, by the time I'm really old, 22, I will have, um, I'll be married. And um, by 25, again, I'm older. So I'm really old old at 25. So I should hurry up and have kids um, too. Um, And then by the time I'm like 30, if I am working, I would love to, I'll be retired by the time I'm 30. Again, that's really old. So it was like, I mean, cause like, what do you do after, what do old people do after 30? That was, uh, <laughs> was me in high school with this like super particular plan. I don't even know where it came from. I don't even know what inspired it, but it could not be more opposite than where I am in my life right now. And it's a million, t- are we allowed to cuss? Are we at a million? times better. I mean, I wasn't going to cuss just then, you but I realized I was like, I should probably ask freely here. Um, so, <laughs> okay, good. Okay, good. Adult programming. Okay. And so I don't even know where that was inspired from Trisha, because it wasn't like I grew up in a house with like my mom not working and taking care of home as a, su- a homemaker and my father going to work and coming home and supporting his family. Like, I don't even know where I got any of that from. I think I may have gotten it from it's what I've always wanted. I wanted to always have this sort of stable environment. And I thought, well, I'm going to have to create it for myself. No one else is going to create a stable environment for me, I have to be able to, you know, build this on my own. And so in high school, I, you know, I, from when I was, you know, we grew up in, I was born in Baltimore in uh, Baltimore, Maryland. And I moved to Atlanta when I was uh, 10 and in Baltimore, we played like outside and whatnot, not real, no real organized sports. And then when I moved to Atlanta, my mom, um, found this like rec league, um, by way of like, you know, friends that I went to elementary school with. And so I played, I started playing softball and I became a cheerleader. My brother played football. And so it was like, I started playing sports at a really young age and it really helped set the trajectory of, um, my life as far as understanding what it means to be a part of a team and also showing up, doing your part to show up. Um, in order to ensure that the team is successful. So that stayed with me. I played sports um, all the way up through when I graduated high school. Um, and that was like, you know, it. I graduated high school. I went to college. And I knew that I wanted more for my life. I just didn't know what that would look like. Um, so as I said before, it's not like I grew up in this house where my mom stayed home with us. The exact opposite, actually. She was she worked at least probably three jobs consistently, as much as far as I can remember, t- in order to make ends meet for us. She was married um, for almost 10 years to my ex-stepdad, um, to my stepfather, her ex-husband. And my father, my biological father, I don't, I didn't know. I think the last time I saw him, I was two, two years old. And so he wasn't um, a key player in, in my life growing up. Um, so I knew that I wanted more for my life than this. And I knew that my mom wanted more for my life than this, um, than what she'd, you know, did her best to create for us. 
And so with that, she got sick when I was 18, I think she told 17. And then, um, when I turned 18, and was getting ready to graduate from high school. She told us that she got pancreatic, had pancreatic cancer. And this was in 2001. And so I was like, oh, okay. And at that moment at my graduation party of all places, she told us because all the family was there. My aunts, my cousins had flown in from Baltimore. Um, she told us and I was like, oh, okay. All right. Well, can I go to my graduation party now? And in that moment, Trisha was right then. It was like, I grew up. I grew, grew up. I numbed. I ignored. Um, I kept going. I didn't stop. I kept moving. I was like, okay, I'm going to go. You know, I don't even think I told anybody. I don't think I told anyone like for a while that my mom was sick. Maybe my best friend, Kelly, um, but no one else. I, I was just kind of like, okay, let's just keep it moving you know, going to college in the fall. And um, I mean, that makes sense because, yeah, if you tell other people about it, then that makes it more real. And then you have to actually think about that and makes what it real. that means, what that could happen. Yeah. And I was like, mm, I was like, yeah, OK, pancreatic cancer. OK, already. Anything else? <laughs> like, I literally think I was like, oh, OK. Hmm. All right. And everyone was like sad and like had all these questions. And I was just like, yeah, so I'm going to go to my graduate high school graduation party now. So like, um, y'all will be here. I'll see y'all later. You know, like y'all can have all of this. And, you know, which is again, like you said, like it would had to have been real and very fitting too with my personality at the time as well. Um, being that I just kind of felt like I always had to be buttoned up. And, um, you know, I was super emotional. My temper was crazy. My anger was through the roof, um, growing up just because of the tumultuous environment that I was experiencing day in and day out. Like my, um, my mom's ex-husband was not by any stretch of the imagination, a, a, a sought after replacement in my eyes as what a father figure should embody. So, yeah. And so, you know, it, it, it was it was sweet moments and then it was also like terrible moments, you know. So but in all of that, I, um, again, learned, learned to just kind of like keep going, not tell anybody, hold secrets, hold faith. <laughs> and also when you were getting ready for high school graduation. Yeah. Did you say you were like going to college? Did you so you were like, OK, you had figured out where you're going off to college. Did you have an idea of like if you had and also in teenage years, were you still with that plan of like, yeah, I'm going to get married and have kids. So like I just need to like get a, you know, study whatever, not like anything I actually like care about. Like, were you focused on a career of any sort or just like, right. So I go to college and then I'm going to meet somebody and get married and have kids. Check, check, check. Or like, <laughs> Which, you know, it's, it's interesting that um, that's a great question because. I didn't even really have like, a, you know, like um, some girls have like a bunch of boyfriends in college and I didn't. Relationships actually scared me. Men scared me. Um, and the whole idea of relying on a man at all was like, are you kidding me right now? I need to be able to up and leave if he decides to act a donkey. And like, I need to be able to take care of myself. And, you know, and that was instilled in me. Um, 
by way of seeing, by way of what my mother was not doing, <laughs> if that makes sense. It was like, and totally makes sense. A lot of my life was based on, yeah, watching my parents and being like, like, I don't, I don't know if I'll ever get married <laughs> because I was like, this is what marriage is? People that are unhappy and <laughs> all the time. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I said, like I said, I was like, I was like wide eyed and bushy tailed 15 going into high school and then realizing like, oh God, no, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. I'm just going to kind of, maybe I'll, I've always wanted to be a teacher though. Like I always was like, I want to read this book and reenact this book and like, you know, different stories and like Shakespeare and whatnot. I had all of these books. I don't even know where they came from. My mom probably like got them for us. But, um, and I just was always really excited about that component of uh, my childhood. And so the fact that like I get to be a yoga teacher now is like super awesome. And um, being a, you know, a teacher and a guide and a mentor and a coach in so many different ways, um, that I, that I knew is what I wanted, but I just couldn't see past, honestly, Trisha, I couldn't see past just surviving, you know, like just surviving. That's why I chose when I went to Auburn, I chose, all right, I'm gonna go to get a business degree because I need to be able to make money, you know? So when I graduate, I got to have a job, you know? So. Got it. So like, yeah. Do you think that it switched like earlier? You were like, okay, 22, 25, this. And then as you started to get older, you're like, I need to cover my own ass. Like I'm going business degree. Like, let me like seek financial security myself. Yeah. Financial security. I need to be able to take care of myself. I need to be able to feel safe. And that's a big thing still to this day with me, like my needing to feel safe, to be safe, to be, um, surround, like, you know, just to overall, just to feel safe because I grew up most of my life, not feeling safe, not using my voice, being scared to death to like, you know, leave home because what what happened with my mom, you know? And so this was even before she got sick. So it wasn't like I was worried about her passing away from being sick, but it was just worried about the tumultuousness of like the abuse we experienced in our home. And gosh, one day, what if she, what if he takes her life, you know? And so all of these different things as a child, you know, your, our minds are so, you know, still growing, still forming, like things are still like forming for us, you know? And so being able to, go to college, get a degree. My mom died my freshman year at college. So I was 19 when she died and just kind of was like, you know, she wanted me to be here. She wanted me to go to college. She wanted me to be able to take care of myself and not rely on anyone. Um, so I'm going to finish. And I did, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I got a job traveling all around the country, leasing apartments, you know, for a living in a new city and state every uh, six to eight weeks. And so that was pretty cool. Wait, so what, so you, so you finished, the, which by the way, I, it all makes sense again. That's why I was going back even after you mentioned your mom's diagnosis, because also like she's telling you at your high school graduation where you're like, I am on my next step. I have, you know, like I'm going here, I'm going here. Like I'm going to escape this house. Like, yeah, I'm going to create my own safety. Like I'm going to do this. So you are already there. And so even though she's telling you this life changing thing, you're just like, no, I'm over here. Like you don't have space to take that on at all because like 
I my escape is happening. <laughs> like that's what I make up is like happening. <laughs> yeah, like I'm getting yeah. Yeah, and it was like, you know, and how I am and my personality, it's like I would have like, you know, I would have stayed back and taken care of her. Like she wanted us to when she got really sick um and was getting ready to be put on hospice, she was like, you know, called both my brother and I who's 2 years older than me to come back from school and you know, take care of her until, you know, and she was only on hospice for one day and she passed away. So yeah. Yeah. It was really, um, yeah, you're right. I was kind of like, I'm on to my next thing. I'm getting out of here. I don't even know what this, what this means, but I got to go. And, and I felt a little like guilty, like leaving her because eventually she divorced, um, her ex-husband and, but it was, so it was like her and I, my last year of high school. And then finding out she got sick was like, Oh, okay. You know, like, um, all right, that's a bummer. And so, um, you know, just being able to have, uh, have that time with her. And then also like being like, wow, this is like, you know, where my life is going. I got to grow up now. I'm a, I'm, I got a mother myself. I got a father myself. And I did, you know, and I, I, I've stayed at school. I finished. Um, I got a job, like I was saying, like going off to this because I was like, not going to go back to Atlanta, which we, where we moved to, I was not going back to Atlanta. I was dating a guy all throughout college that was in Atlanta and I broke up with him my senior year And it was just kind of like the universe is like, okay, we got to cut, 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 because you can't, your, your life is not ending back in, any up back in Atlanta, pregnant, working a job you hate, married to a guy you don't like, you know, like living a life that is not, you know, where you're going to maximize the impact that was like bestowed upon me when I was birthed here, birthed here, you know, like when I came into this planet, right? Like came on earth, I don't know, by way of my mom being the facilitator, the vessel from which I came. So <laughs> I was like, so, and what was this job that you were? It was like, cause I didn't know, like, I was like, I got a business degree, I majored in HR and I like had an internship lined up that summer, but, um, it, it ended up falling through because the place where I was going to work ended up going bankrupt because it was like 2005 and all like the whole, you know, with the whole, you know, commercial, like, um, real, real estate and banking and things like that, those home loans and all that kind of stuff just kind of like blew up. And so I was like, well, I don't want to, I don't know what I want to do. I don't want to go to an office job. I was like, I kind of, I don't know. So I was like, oh, this job sounds cool. So um, it was a job where I was essentially hired um, by way of this company as a consultant to come to these different places and live there for six to eight weeks, work every single day, and then off for two to three weeks at a time. And it was so fun. But I mean, what did I was you like, do? like, I'm very intrigued. Like what you were living I in leased, different cities for six. I was leasing apartments. So that they was hired it. you I, to go to a city and like help them lease apartments. And then like, why are you moving on? Cause all the apartments are they like new buildings and they're like, Oh, we need to fill the building up. And so then it's full. And then you go to a new city. Like, yeah, I'm very, <laughs> it was, I know it was, it's pretty cool. Right. It, it was a, it was a contract. So it was like, you know, some places were new build out. Some places had reputation issues. So they changed their name. And essentially like our job as like specialists was we, you know, guaranteed that we would lease your properties three times 
as fast than the team you had on site. We would be in charge of also sometimes training the team members that were already there um, and creating like marketing, you know, material marketing plans, marketing decks, a marketing, you know, rollout. Um, and so that's what I did. And then when my assignment was up, you know, I would have a break because like I said, I would work, um, seven days a week. And so if they wanted me to come back, they would extend the contract or I would go to a new city. Wow. That seems pretty, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure it was a lot was of work, awesome. but like getting to experience, like I'm someone, yeah, that has always loved travel and like, yeah, that sounds like a pretty cool thing to be able to do right out of college. <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah. It was, I mean, it was like the best. Cause it was like, I mean, what else am I going to do? So, um, let me go see the country and, experience different places and travel and move and go. And so, and, you know, with all of that, um, avoid I was grieving going my mother. To say that, like, that <laughs> because, also seems yeah. like a good, yeah. yeah, good recipe for like, let me just keep on moving. And then I got to be here and then I'm dealing right. with this. Let me just like, keep yeah. on moving. Because yeah, what, um, so I lost my father, but later I was 2008, I was 27. Um, and he passed away suddenly, like an accident. And it was like such a huge shock for me. And it totally like changed my life. And like the grief, the process of grief is just, whew, I was going to say incredible, but I mean, it is incredible, meaning like, I don't know, it's just so much. But yeah, like when your mom passed away, it's so unpredictable, it's so heavy. You just like, it's like you think like, oh, it's like I passed the, you know, this or I've really, because also me, like I was like, let me quit my life right now basically and start something else so then I'm like great I'm doing what do you mean I already like it's been this long it's been this long it's been this long and that was with me being like I know. hi my name is Trisha and I am focusing on grief and healing right now and seeing what's next in my life so that was me like not avoiding <laughs> were you, so that was even oh, with me wow. not avoiding like how hard it, you know like how much in, it is but so, yeah, when you did you do this when your mom passed away? Also, you somewhat had like you had knowledge, you knew that could happen. And then sooner, mm -hmm. but like that whole time, did you just keep sort of filing it away? And then like once she passed, did you just keep pushing around? Like, how did you and like, did you allow yourself to grieve or was it just like, OK, keep going, keep going, keep going? Uh, Yeah, I was like, you know, peep, I, I numbed for the like the first two years after she passed away and people would be like, you know, your mom just died. And I'm like, oh yeah. I mean, she was sick. What else is supposed to happen when you're sick with cancer? You, especially cancer like that, you're going to die. I mean, that's just a part of it. Life. Like you're going to die. I'm going to die. We're all going to die. So just like reasoning. Like, I was a super just like reason. <laughs> I know. It was like, yeah, it was very reasonable. It was very logical to me. It was like, oh, okay. So I was like avoiding. I was like pretending that it didn't affect me. I was pretending that I wasn't sad. Um, but it all came out in other ways with me drinking too much, being super aggressive and angry and mad, um, and not having a allowing my mind to be the manager of my life. Um, I just was like partying all the time, just like not really truly loving myself, like loving myself in a way where I love myself now, not really like dealing with it because I was like mad at her. I was mad at like her ex-husband. I was mad at everybody. I was mad at everybody. I was just mad, you know, and I was just like, I'm mad at, I was mad at God. And it was just like, 
you know, I don't want to deal with this shit. I have to, I've had to deal with like, you know, this stuff and like, you know, her bullshit our whole life, her choosing like men that were like this man that was like terrible to us. And then like, you know, she goes and gets sick as if it was her fault. You know, it was just like, come on. So I was really like, um, part of me coming, reckoning that and coming to terms with like the grief that was taking up space in my body, um, was really like pronounced when I started my yoga practice, when I started my yoga journey. And so in that moment in the summer of 2000, yeah, 2007, I believe in the summer of 2007, I was like, or 2006, I can't remember either 2006 or 2007. I was like in Chicago on assignment and I attended a heated yoga studio, um, heated yoga class at a hot yoga studio. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is incredible. Like I used to run all the time. I always joined a gym, did something to stay active in these cities because I didn't have anything else to do besides work because I didn't know anybody. So that was a really cool, um, that was a really cool time. And I found this yoga class and then I found a yoga class that wasn't heated. And it was just like, it was awesome. It was awesome. It was like, Whoa. Okay. So that's where all that, that's where all those tears are coming from. That's where all those tears were hidden rather. That's where, you know, we, oh, okay. That's where we tucked it all away. We tucked it all away and we thought, oh, we're just going to like, you know, like the Solange song, drink it away, sexed it away, like all these things instead of actually dealing. And so I started to have to deal because it was like, okay, am I going to, I'm going to lose all my friends if I don't get my shit together. I'm no one's going to want to hang out with me. I don't even want to be here anymore. So I'm not going to be here anymore. And so it was like, it was, it was, um, it was a, it was a reckoning that happened for me in that I said, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired of, you know, not dealing with this. Like, yes, my mom is not here anymore, but this has to be taken care of because if not, I'm going to stay in this place and go this avenue that, um, isn't what my mom wanted for me. So I had to make some choices. And so I chose to think different, operate different and invite more things in that I knew were really good for me, um, for my heart, for my mind, for my body, and then for my journey with grief. And so when you discovered that yoga class, was that you were still working this job where you were traveling all the time? And so also at that, like, do you not have a home? No, I, um, I kept my apartment. Um, I was a roommate um, I had a roommate or whatever in Auburn. So I kept that into, cause I graduated in the fall. And so I kept that until my lease was up in May in the spring. And then I moved in with another friend. Um, her, uh, husband bought a house and so in Atlanta. And so since the company was based out of Atlanta, it was perfect. So I was like, okay, I'll pay you rent. I'm never here. So you like rent a room, yeah, so rent a room. Ton of money out, no, just no. have somewhere to put your stuff. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And so you're traveling, you end up in Chicago and you're just like, see a yoga studio like oh I'll give this a try mm -hmm. and then yeah it was like your first class no the first class was strictly f for athletic and exercise purposes I was like oh this is beautiful I feel so strong afterwards because like I said I used to run like six seven eight miles a day so it was like all right I'm doing yoga in between um and then the, I kept going back and kept going back. And I didn't know why I kept going back. I didn't know. And yoga found me, you know, like it, I just kept 
going and going and going. And I was like, any, any city that I would end up in, I would always find a yoga studio. So it was, um, it became something really beautiful and something that, um, saved my life quite honestly. Yeah. And do you like, so when you keep getting pulled, but you said, you know, like you had this like moment of sort of like, okay, I got to make changes and embrace more things. So it was sort of a slow thing. You do the yoga class for like fitness. You start feeling like, oh, this is great for my body. And then you keep getting pulled back. And then like, it does it take you a while to then be like, oh, this is like more than just. Yeah. And then being able to deal with those emotions that come up with that, too, because no one's talking about that. I'm not seeing a therapist at the time. You know, I would try and find a therapist and I would go and see them here and there. And then it's like, okay, you know, because I wasn't living anywhere. So I wasn't rooted anywhere. Right. So yeah. And back then we didn't have talk space, whatever, you know, or yeah. Yeah. All yeah. These amazing things that make it so much easier. Exactly. Exactly. So I was like, I got to do something. And then I realized like, even in the processing of the grief and all the emotions that come with that, I still, it still was hard to deal with. It was like, what is happening? <laughs> I mean, was that because like I, yeah, I got into yoga. I think I was like 19 in Chicago, actually. I, I was love living that. in Chicago and I belonged to the neighborhood I lived in. It was like a fancy, known for being like owned by gay men. Uh-huh. I think it was like Cheetah Gym. That's awesome. But it was just in my neighborhood. It was a fancy gym. I loved it. And I was just like, I decided to try the yoga class one day and I'd never done anything group. I was like being in front of people together, like, no, you know, like, and I, I don't know why I tried this yoga class and it like, yeah, same thing. It changed my life where I was just like every week I have to at least make it to one yoga class. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. And like, and yeah. And then over the years, yeah, I mean, I ended up getting certified as a yoga teacher. It became part of my work, but that was after like many years. But yeah, same thing. I would find it all over wherever I was. But how many times like, yeah, crying on the mat. How many when I first started blogging, how many blog posts? came out of what came up for me on the mat. Uh-huh. Like, you know, like, oh, feeling the pose. Or like, yeah, you know, like, yeah, you have to like sit with the pain and uh-huh. breathe through the thing. And like, I'd have these aha moments uh-huh. about life and stuff like that. Like, so yoga has been such a same, like same thing for so, like so long now that I forget like how magical those things were in the beginning. Uh-huh. Um, Cause same thing, like I didn't really, I was someone that didn't really talk about things and you know, I'm like, I'm Trisha positive, can do anything. She puts her Same. mind to girl and yeah. I don't tell anybody about my like right. hard stuff or not, like right. whatever. Like I'm not emotional or stressed right. or like I'm not anything because I'm all good. Right. Because I'm good because I want you to know I'm good. Like, <laughs> right. And you're and, and inside your inside is like, girl, we are not good. You better go and get some help. You better talk to somebody because you're 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 in, I, my insides is like letting me like, sis, no, uh, uh-uh. we need help. We need to ask for help. We need to actually you know, take the necessary steps because we deserve this. You know, we've earned the right to not be okay. <laughs> right. Ugh. That was such a beautiful, I'm like, that's going to be one of your quotes for this episode. I'm sure we've deserved it. <laughs> like I'm already writing it up. <laughs> like, Yeah, it's so true. Like I was even thinking about that today. Like I remember being younger and sort of like, you know, oh, well, this is, you know, could be stressful that. And I would just be, I remember being like, no, I'm not stressed out. What do you mean? Like, I'm not stressed because I related stress to be like, you can't handle like your shit mm-hmm. or like, mm-hmm. you know, or like whatever. So I would be like, no, I'm not stressed. But meanwhile, like I worked the highest stress job and like in a good way, like I used, I was first a sound engineer that controlled what the artist heard on stage. 
So like the whole, perf- not the whole performance, everybody, there's so many elements involved, but basically what they are hearing to make them perform well is my responsibility. And there's a mix for every single person on stage. It's a fucking high stress Whoa, job. Oh yeah, my God. And I loved yeah. it. I loved it. I mean, it was like thrilling and I love music and like, I love being able to multitask. Like I'm like, okay, give me more things. Like I can focus better when I've got more things, like more people to focus on and stuff like that. Like, so, and it was a mothering role even though it's like not known for being a female thing. But like I saw like, of course, like I'm the monitor engineer. It's such a mothering role, like Mm -hmm. whatever. But like these things I was like, would be like, you know, oh, if you have this or it could be stress related. And I'd be like, no, I'm not stressed. Because to me that if I like admitted that there was stress then that meant something was wrong Mm -hmm. with me or like whatever. And I'm like, what am I talking? Like life, even good stuff brings stress, Mm -hmm. right? Like you get like good, like it's like. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, that's like, yeah, it's like yin yoga, which is like what I teach as well. So I teach, you know, stressing the muscles, you know, and stressing, stressing them and stretching the fascia, you know, like that is like, you know, that's a good thing. We want our muscles to feel some stress. So they like lean and grow and kind of, and recover, you know, so, and recover with ease as well too. So not all stress is bad. And like, also having a little bit of stress. My friend is like, you know, have a little bit of stress, keep a little insecurity about you. Keep a little like, you know, um, just it keeps you on the edge, especially as an entrepreneur, um, and someone who, um, you know, is I'm competitive. I'm an A type person, but also like, I like to just be like, you know, ahead and, you know, leveling up, and not staying stagnant because I've stayed stagnant for far too long. I stayed places uh, for work far too long. I stayed in a relationship that was that it that had been expired, and I stayed in. And so it was like, no, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm remaining uncomfortable um, as I grow and as I'm a you know baby entrepreneur in this game. You know, so I'm going to keep because this is the these are the seeds that I've been planting since me and my cousins, you know, playing in my room when I was little, you know, reading books and us and me telling them what to do and how to do it and like where to go because I'm like getting to be the boss that day, you know, so it's like just, um you know, running the school. I was a teacher. So, yeah, it was really just like per- all of it, all of all the hard stuff, all the easy stuff, it all it's so beautiful and I'm grateful for every part of it because it's it's gotten me to where I am today and I haven't even scratched the surface yet. So it's awesome. Totally. Okay, so what yeah, like so you still are doing that job, you're getting more uh-huh. into yoga. Do do you go to like venture more into yoga from there or like yeah, how long do you stay at that job and like what's next? Yeah. So I was at that job for almost six years. And then I, yeah, I know doing like literally living out of two, but also like how many cities did you live in? in Like 22, actually like 22 different cities. It was awesome. It was rad. That was a really fun job. Like I recommend if anyone's listening out there that is like young and, you know, wanting to, you know, not really sure what they want to do. I would just, I always recommend just like, if you have the ability to travel and dabble, then I recommend doing it, you know, like in seeing and not like pigeonholing yourself into one thing and remembering that you get to change your mind. And so for me, I was raised, you know, not to leave a job until I had another one lined up. And I was doing this job for almost six years, not really like looking for another one. Cause I mean, it's hard to interview when you're not really sure where you're going to be, um, next. And so 
I set up, decided to set up roots in LA. My sister-in-law's from here. So my brother came back out here and he was here. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to move to LA and yeah, I'm going to quit this job and I don't have another one lined up, but I'll figure it out, you know? And so I did and I figured it out. I got a job leasing apartments for apartment community here and um, in Hollywood. And um, I did that job for almost three years and learned a lot about people and their dreams, honey, coming here from small towns saying, I'm going to take on this big city. Yes, you are going to take on this big city. And you're starting at a luxury apartment community in Hollywood. All righty then, you know, like, okay, you like it. I love it. You know? So, uh, um, that was a motto I took on, especially in leasing apartments that were like, not as great. Um, if somebody likes it, I love it. All right, signed here. So, um, but yes, yeah, so I was in Hollywood for a few years and then I got a job at my um, most recent job that I recently resigned um, from being a marketing manager for commercial real estate. So got out of the residential game into commercial real estate, working a nine to five Monday through Friday, um, office, um, corporate office work. And um, it was awesome. So I do, I will say that all of the jobs, and I've only had three <laughs> real official jobs in um, my life. Uh, they, I, I got the opportunity to work with the best and the best um, in class in their industry, and I learned from every single person I got to spend, you know, time with, and I learned from the people who I didn't get along with, and I learned from the people who we got along swimmingly. So it was all, it was, it was cool. And so I, this past job, you know how with everything last year, eyes wide open. Like I knew I was unhappy for a while, but not because the job wasn't a good job. It just was like not me anymore. And so it was time for me to, to, to fulfill 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 year old ACE. I mean, maybe even eight year old ACEs dreams of, you know, stepping out on her own and really doing her own thing to make the impact in the world that she's supposed to make and why I chose my mother and my father to bring me here, you know, so to, to be the, the vessels, you know, from which I arrived. So it was, um, it was, yeah, you know, so it was really cool to be in these positions and at that job for almost, um, almost seven years. I was almost at, uh, the job I recently resigned from and, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have so much more to share about that, like, you know, as the time goes on. But it, it's been it's been a journey for sure from coming from hearing the worst news I could have ever heard in my entire life on such a monumental moment <laughs> in my childhood, graduating from high school to a year later, burying my mother um, and not really sure which way I was going in life you know, um, to make an amends with my father and his spiritual realm last year, forgiving him, forgiving myself to being where I am today, someone who just doing their best, um, and excelling at it, I think, um, of embodying true joy, um, because it could have gone so many different, uh, directions. Trisha here, bringing you a brief interruption to tell you about one of my favorite things that I've been doing. I have teamed up with Organifi and I've been trying all their products for months. 
and I am super into their green juice. It's actually a green powder, but they call it green juice because that's the thing. It's like we all want a juice, right? We know it's good for us. And yet it takes a lot of work. (laughs) The buying, the cleaning, the chopping, the cleaning the juicer. I love to juice, but on the days that that's not for me, uh, I just add a scoop of green juice from Organifi into my water and it tastes great and it makes me feel great. Not only does it have the green juice ingredients that I would juice, but it has moringa, ashwagandha, chlorella, turmeric, wheatgrass, wheatgrass, and coconut water. That's not even everything. Those are just the ones that I'm super excited about. So you get all of these amazing superfood antioxidants uh, that help decrease cortisol, promote a healthy response to stress and get all this vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants just by adding a scoop to your water. And by the way, it tastes good. A lot of green powders do not taste good. Trust me, I've tried them all. This one tastes good without being too sweet or weird or filled with any fillers. It's 100% organic. Check it out. Go to Organifi.com backslash Trisha. So it's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com backslash T-R-I-C-I-A and that'll get you 15% off any item in the store. Check out their products. Send me a DM at underscore Trisha Huffman if you have any questions because like I said, I've been trying almost every single product that they sell for months to make sure I actually liked it in order to share it with you. All right, let's get back to the episode. So so you just quit, left that last job in 2020? Mm-hmm. December 18th, 2020. And before that too, so had you, once you were in LA, I'm assuming you're still like into the yoga. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So having yoga was like always something that I knew, okay, I'm just gonna, so I was like, took my yoga class and, and when I was in Chicago and then I kept going back all these different studios around the country when I would travel, noticing that there were not a lot of People who look like me, black woman, um, black, <laughs> teaching, practicing. And so I said, huh, this is interesting. And so I was like, I want to be a yoga teacher. And then I ran out of excuses. One excuse was like, oh, I don't live anywhere long enough. So how can I do a teacher training? And then when I set up Roots, it was like, oh, I work weekends. So how can I do a yoga teacher training? And then I stopped working weekends. I was like, oh, it's so expensive. How can I afford it? And then... I, I realized I could afford it. And then it was like, uh, okay, all right, so I guess we're doing this um, in 2016. So yoga, and that was like, no one, I mean, people ask me all the time about signing up for teacher trainings and what they can expect. And honestly, it's like, I, I can just tell you to just stay open. Like with anything in life, a, a really good yoga teacher training is not about the facilitators of the, like, the facilitators, because to be quite honest, the facilitators that I had, the teachers that I had, they were good. They knew their stuff, but they're not even a part of my journey anymore. And that's okay. It's just, you have to realize like you're going, your life is going to shift if you want it to. Your life is going to evolve. You're going to let go of some things that has been making you feel air quotes safe <laughs> for for far for far too long and you're going to have to let that shit go. If you really want to get 
um, out of this training, get out of this life, what you like really get everything out of this life, squeeze it, wring it, wring it dry, get everything out of it, then you're going to have to remain open and let things go that, you know, have been holding you back. So that was something where I wasn't afraid of it. At first I was because I was afraid, oh my gosh, my voice, my voice is shaking. How will I know? How will I do it right? And then it changed my life. And so I knew again, it was a reminder. I was like, I am a teacher. I get to be a teacher. I'm doing this. And so I kept that same energy. I kept that same idea front of mind, you know, even if it was buried sometime through BS, behind BS. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and then after you did the course, did you right away put yourself out there? Oh, yeah to be an instructor. Oh, yeah. That is also, I mean, it's one thing to sign up for the course, but then to say like, okay, I'm available to stand in front of you people. The thing about it, yeah. This process that has changed my life. You know, like it is like a big thing. Like I have a lot of respect for you. Just to say like I got certified and it was eventually, so yeah, I was a sound engineer. My dad passed away. I left tour was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. was like, oh, I actually have the time to get certified to be a teacher, so I'll do that uh-huh. <laughs> during that summer that I didn't know. Anyway, I created a new job where I went back out on tour with artists, and they called me a joyologist, and I was like the person keeping them grounded and inspired and in integrity with who they That's wanted to beautiful. be for themselves and in the world. And so yoga was one of the things. So I never taught in a studio. I taught, you know, on tour. One, like sometimes it might be just the artist or sometimes it would have been like 12 people from like the band and crew that wanted to join that day. And even that, and those are people like I know every day and like, you know, but like, so like, yeah, like I still like feel a little bit of anxiety of like going and standing in front of a room. <laughs> I mean, it's been a while now too that I've done that of like, you know, like I think it's a big deal to be a yoga teacher. It can seem like, oh, you're just a yoga teacher, but like, it's a, I, yeah. I, I, We've both we've been transformed oh, yeah. by yoga. Yeah, I was so- I, I respect it, and it, it is a huge, huge deal. And, and I do not take it lightly. I said in my class this morning that I taught. I said I, you know, as they were like sitting and having water and wiping their sweat, I was like, I love this so much. I just love yoga, and I love that I get to teach yoga. And I'm just so grateful that y'all have shown up on your mats and trusted me to be a part of your journey. And I do not take it lightly because it is something where, yes, right away, if I'm going to, the thing about me, Trisha, if I'm going to make an investment in something that's a large amount of money, oh, you best believe I'm going to use it. Like, because I don't see myself as having, I never saw myself as having the luxury of like, oh, we're just going to wing it. No, (laughs) no, we don't wing where I'm from. You know, we don't wing that. If I'm going to college, I'm getting a job after college. It might not be directly with the major that I studied, but I'm getting a job. Like that's, that's non-negotiable, you know? And so, and and, uh, part of that, you know, is, uh, you know, how I was raised, you know, like always have a job, always have your own money, always be, you know, like, you know, taking care of yourself, have your, but like always surviving, always surviving. And so the idea for me of like leaving a job and not having another one lined up was monumental. It was like, and I still didn't, I mean, the way that I, you know, resigned from my last job and stepping into full entrepreneurship It wasn't like I had all this money saved up and like had this like concise business plan. No, I was like, I trust that I will be okay because I've always been okay. And so here I am giving myself permission to not to release 
relinquish the survival tactics that got you here, that kept you alive and embrace the ones that are going to keep helping you thrive and got you inspired to start the candle line, to have the workshops, to be brand ambassadorship, become a master Reiki practitioner, like all of these to do the yoga teacher training. You know, that was not a, that wasn't a survival decision. I didn't need yoga to survive financially, but I needed yoga to thrive (laughs) wholeheartedly. You know, like I needed it to be whole heart, whole heart, full body, full stop in all that I do. I needed yoga and yoga needed me. So I was like, alrighty, I guess we go together now. And so here we are. (laughs) But so you did the teacher training a few years ago, you right away said, so you would be still working your corporate, the marketing job and then like teach a few. I would teach like, you know, and friends like had event spaces and was like, and I would teach like, my like my friends who I worked with who've become dear friends of mine like Lily for example shout out to Lily like she was like one of my first yoga students like I would find a vacant floor in our buildings I work downtown LA and so we have these huge office towers and vacant floors so I'm like okay like I'm teaching a class and like it'd be donation based and pay whatever you can and and it would people would come until I got a studio job. Um, and my first studio job was at uh, White Heat Yoga, and I'm still there. Um, it's my home studio, Jordan, my love. She's one of my best friends. She owns it. Um, who I met, you know, she was opening up the studio in 2017. And so I joined the, I was like one of the first teachers, you know, and so uh, it, it, right away I was like putting it because I knew Trisha, I knew, I knew that this would be my way to full liberation. <laughs> I knew this was going to be that bridge. So last year, what made you, you know, like, did you have a moment or was it just sort of like with the shift of the world and everything like, okay, it's time to like make that full, you know, leap in space. Like, yeah. What did, you know, create that last year? Oh, well, because I was like so unhappy even before 2020 happened. It was like, I was struggling. I was struggling. I was like struggling to show up and be excited about the work. I just was like, I'd gone through a really, um, I'd gone through a big breakup. And so we were in a relationship for almost seven years. And so I, I went through that at the time and I was just kind of like, you know, I, I would have probably made the decision or sooner, but I, I was like the breadwinner in my household from the person that I was seeing for, like I was with in a relationship with engaged to marry, you know? And I was like, oh, I can't make this decision. Like I have to be able to take care of our home and whatnot. And it was just like, it's so like, I'm looking back at that girl who was like crying in her boss's office. Like, thinking like, oh my gosh, I don't know how this is all going to work out. I mean, I'm so like, I was grateful for the stability of the work when I was, when my home life was so like out of order. Um, and then I realized, okay, like in this shift happened, this, I had to let that go. I had to end that relationship. And then like, you know, I just at at work and it was just kind of like my eyes weren't bright about it anymore. I love the people. I still love the people that were there. But last year opened my eyes to a lot. It just was like ripped the bandaid off and was like, okay, you're either going to keep trying your best to do okay at a job that is not for you anymore. Or in the middle of a global pandemic, 
or you're going to finally say yes to you and support and, and, and allow yourself to be supported and held and guided by the very people who you're working for right now, who see more for you than you're seeing for yourself. So what's it going to be? And um, my life has been, uh, it, it, it was time. Like I wrote my resignation letter, like 60 days before I turned it in. Cause I got scared. And then I was like, already it's time. Let's go. Let's go. And then again, back to those survival tactics, right? After I submitted my resignation letter, it was like, like I said, it was December 18th. So the next week was Christmas. I was like ready to like the next, that Monday, let's go. It's time. And it was like, I wasn't giving myself time to breathe to really say, this is a big thing that you just did because I was right away needing to make sure that I could f- afford my life, you know? Cause I was like, oh my God, everyone's like, do you have six months of your salary? Like, I'm like, no, I live in LA, you know, like who does? And if they do show me the way, which it's quite possible if you have you know, a healthy relationship with money. Like I feel like I have one now I'm working on that relationship. Now I'm working on my relationship with like believing in myself. I, it it used to take me seven days to send an email proposal. Now it's like, I'm on their DMS. They don't follow up and they DM. I follow up with an email. I don't care. Like, you know, it's like, you're either going to say yes or no. You're not going to like, tell me all these terrible things. (laughs) Right. And you also will never know the answer if you never ask. You never, if you you don't know unless you ask. Literally, you don't know unless you ask. So um, I don't know how many times I feel better, like just sending the ask. Like as soon as I send the ask, the request, whatever it is, I usually almost even forget about it. Like, it's like, I forget where I'm not like waiting for the reply, but like that energy of like, but what if they say no, but what if the blah, blah, what if I come across like this? Like you're living into that already, like this fear of rejection, which really then like, as soon as I put it out there, a lot of times like, I'm not sitting there like, oh my God, what is it? What, whatever, like, what do they think about me? It's like, okay, it's out there. Just press send. <laughs> it's not a big deal. Just press yeah. send is my thing now. Just press send. Yeah, I have, a, I have a friend who he's helping me with my business. And he's like, he's like, he's like, you've grown so much. You used to like pine over one email. Now it's just like, boom, it's out there. Like, so I'm like, yeah, 50 emails a day, 100 emails, a, you know, like how many ever we need to, to move the needle, whatever that takes, whatever that looks like. So respectfully, you know? And so, yeah, that's like how I, you know, again, that was like last year. And I also realized that, you know, my mission here is so much bigger than me. And that really helped me fuel the decision to resign because it was like, I'm sitting in a position that is for someone else's life to change. Like mine changed six and a half years ago, you know? And it was like, and it's just not about me anymore. This isn't, this is uh, my time here is expired. And so now being in a place where it's just like, I have so much joy and so much excitement every single day I wake up and like getting to do what I love for a living. It's awesome. It's awesome. So. And when did you, did you always like, not always, but did you have the, an, an idea for a while of like, cause yeah, you have the product line. It's, is it just candles now it, or is it's it candles? It's merchandise. We have CMOS. Um, and, uh, Got yeah, so it's growing, but was that, but well, yeah, like, did you, was that sort of like in the back of your mind? Like one day I would like to do that or where did that come from? You no, know, I was bored at home. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I was like, no, I'm not going to say it. I was, I wasn't bored at home. I was never bored. I don't, I don't know what it means to be bored, to be quite honest. Um, and I find that as a luxury. <laughs> um, and, 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 uh, so I was following this woman, um, on Facebook and Instagram and I, you know, her mom and I were friends. We were used to be a part of the same run club and she has a candle. Um, she's a candle manufacturer. And, uh, I was like following her story, following along, you know, watching, watching, watching. And then finally I was like, okay, I'm ready to start because I got this idea February 28th of 2020. So it wasn't like the whole, we didn't know that the world was going to shut down a few weeks later. Totally. And so I was like, all right, I, I'm ready. And then, um, and I was like, I think I'm ready. And so then I finally was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to start a candle line. And so I, you know, cause I was just like, you know, especially when the world did shut down, I was like, okay, so I can't go back to the studio right now. I want to be able to find a way for me to, um, still send like my light out into the world that I was like my light and my affirmations and my mantras that I'd say in, um, our, in my classes that I taught, um, and um, be able to do that. So what a better way than literal light by way of a candle. So I started the I Am Candle collection and we started with four original scents. And then now we added a holiday scent and now we have four new scents that we're going to be adding here shortly. So yeah, just, um, you know, it, it was... It, it was inspired and it actually launched July 7th of 2020. That's when we sold our first candle. I had this whole, because again, I have a marketing background. So I had this whole marketing plan that I was going to do. But then a, a company that had done some work with and um, they reshared it and they found it on my website. And so I sold a candle and then I sold another candle. And then I sold another candle. And I was like, oh my gosh, people are buying my stuff. This is awesome. And so then the marketing plan, plan never really launched, but <laughs> candle sold. And so that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it was. Awesome. Yeah. And I love like hearing that, you know, reasoning of like, yeah, like you're not in the classes to spread your light and then seeing it as a candle because it is such a like, yeah, if you're going to like, okay, just start with any product or whatever, what is it going to be? And like, um, yeah, I love that. And I am also a fan of affirmations. Obviously, I'm like, I have my own affirmation deck. I have an affirmation app. So I definitely when I saw you launch those candles, I was like, Oh, that's so awesome. And um, yeah, where did affirmations? Do you remember like affirmations being introduced to your life or what how they've supported you? Like, like how they originally came in and like changed how you thought about things and then use them now? Um, so, uh, Danielle Laporte actually was like the first, um, you know, person where I saw doing affirmations and having these, like, I got, I had, I have her truth bomb app and I used to like follow right. her religiously and follow the app religiously, like look at it every single day. Okay. Like what's the truth bomb today? What's the truth bomb today? So that's why I learned about affirmations was by way of Danielle Laporte. And so then I was like, Oh, this is cool. So when I started teaching, I was inspired by, I got like, you know, I created a mantra, um, uh, a mantra cards to give out to people with like my, you know, cause of course, again, like I said, marketing. So I created a website, I had a logo, like created this whole brand. Um, by way of what my awesome, awesome designer Hollis, um, and did, uh, did it all and had the cards ready. And like I said, I was still working a full-time job. So for me, it was like, I, this is like a passion project. This is like something that is like, 
I don't need it to, you know, pay my bills right now. And it's just really fun for me to, to be able to do have an outlet, you know? And so keeping me sane and, um, then I, so I had the mantra cards created and I was give those out at class and whatnot. And I was like, huh? So I was like, it could be called like the mantra is may everything I do be a movie meditation. May everywhere I go be guided by peace. My light is my vision and my protection. May I use it to set my soul free. I am strong. I am brave. I am free. And so I was like, oh, the I am. And the I am free came from when I was in Italy um, on a retreat, uh, teaching yoga uh, at a workshop or at a yoga retreat led by Jennifer Pasteloff. I, um, I was like, oh my gosh, this is what it means to be free. And this is what it means to be free. You know, even though I wasn't free, I didn't feel free at the time. I was very much like I'd just gotten engaged and I was just kind of like, oops, um, not feeling very free, but that's okay. Cause we're going to figure this out. <laughs> and, um, you know, that, you know, coming back after that trip, I, I held my first workshop called I am free and it just kind of bloomed from there. So powerful. Like I just, yeah, I can't imagine like, yeah, I'm imagining just seeing coming across a workshop called I am free. Like I would, you know, like the emotions and what people are showing up for uh-huh. and like what you're holding the space for. Uh-huh. Like it's really big. Yeah. It's so our power, our powers, our words, our words are so powerful was what yep. I was trying to say. And it just, yeah, like that, the I am, it's so big. Uh-huh. Like how just shifting to that and like what, what that tiny I am free, like can release in people like right now, whoever's listening I'm sure, you know, just thinking I am free, like people are going to all different Mm -hmm. places Mm -hmm. and things and just like so unique to us all. And just from three words. Yeah. And and, (laughs) and then like really just embodying the I am and like the I am, you know, like a friend of mine, he's um, he's like he's a lawyer. So he's also like my lawyer and he's a friend who was helping me with my business as well. He was like, he brought up the Exodus uh, uh, scripture about the I am, like I am God. I am so the I am not alone in this world. And so for me, it's a reminder that God sent me, God is with me. And so I am, <laughs> I am of God. And so it's, uh, yeah. Do you have, I have, I am that I am wrapped around. Amazing. I have, I am free here. <laughs> yeah. I love that. This is my nephew's handwriting. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Oh, powerful. Okay. I'm going to get to the questions I ask everybody first. I'm going to pull up an image of phrases that go on my product line of the keychain. So all the keychains look like this image and these are all different phrases. And I ask everybody to choose not which one they like the most, um, but which one they feel they want in the reminder right now you know, because I will see this under the keychain. So what do you want to see and be like, oh, right. Oh, right. Like something you want to remind yourself of. I mean, I think the like, let that shit go. I mean, naturally, I went to like the I choose joy because I choose, I wake up every day. That's like my thing. I, I choose joy every single day. And so but for me, it's like, let that shit go. Just let that shit go. Dead it. <laughs> and what 
And why is that the one that you're feeling like, yeah, maybe I want to see that reminder? Because <laughs> because um, there's just been some really um, interesting uh, tests and lessons in discernment that's been revealed themselves over the last few weeks for me um, with regards to people um, that are close to me. And so it's just um, a practice of discernment and a practice of like, okay, you can hold this. You can, you can, you can see it for what it is. How did it make you feel? Acknowledge how it felt so you can let that shit go. So we can move on and keep doing what we're meant to be, what we're here to do. And so I, I, as a person who I'm a deep feeler and like, you know, it's, it's moments where I was like, okay, that broke my heart. All right, cool. All right. So it broke my heart and I'm not going to sit, I don't sit with it for long. (laughs) I, I give myself a day, like not even a day. I like and I have a I I'm express how honestly I, I it made me feel and then we keep it pushing. So reminding myself we got to just let that shit go. Let it go. Cuz if it's taking up too much space, it's holding on too much, it's winning and no. <laughs> yeah, no, it's I mean yeah, like facing what it is, naming it, allow yourself to, you know, yeah whether that's talking to the person or yourself or whatever, but then, yeah, like not letting it have a hold on. Uh (laughs) Right. Uh, Yeah. It's a big, I don't even know, like a wave. Like, yeah, of like figuring it all out. Oh, because life will just always be throwing stuff at us, no matter Uh what we think we've mastered or (laughs) how mindful we are or how whatever. Right. (laughs) Exactly. There's always going to be shit. Always, (laughs) always, always on coming. Always. And so it's like, you know, whether it be like (laughs) and resurfacing and resurfacing and whether it be like, okay, really happy moments, because really celebrating the moments, celebrating happy moments are good. We want to celebrate these monumental occasions, but okay, celebrate, acknowledge it. It's awesome. All right, let's go. Let's get back to work. (laughs) Anyway. um, Okay. What is something that you do to raise your joy levels when maybe you might be right? You're like, okay, I gotta let that shit go and let me back to choosing joy. So like, what is something you do to get yourself back to that energy you want to feel? I turn on really loud music and I dance. Yes, it's so good. I turn on a really loud song and I turn on really loud and I just dance. I dance and I move my body and I play the song over and over and over and over and over again. And that's what I do. Love it. Oh, and that it's just you choose one song over, over, over. Love that. I have a really, and I mean, I appreciate your job as a sound engineer, but I have this uncanny ability to listen to the same song over and over and over and over and over again. And then there's no ugh, bigger heartbreak than when a song doesn't hit the same anymore. <laughs> Where you're like, that hit different. Now. <laughs> I guess, I guess we're done here. <laughs> but I will wear a song I album. Say, well, Woo! Maybe that's from the overplay. <laughs> one song that you're breaking your own heart. Like, but <laughs> I know. Well, maybe I know. I'm a sucker. I, you know, my CDs in my. Like, I remember when, like, I remember when John Legend's first CD came out. Man, I played that thing, and my my homeboy in college got me another one. You know, CDs. I got all scratched <laughs> up, and I was like, my CD. He's like, but you play it all the time. Every time I'm over here, you're playing it. And I'm like, but it's so good. Ordinary people. 
I mean, maybe that has something to do with the craving from being a kid of security. Like, let me just listen. I don't yeah. want to know. I don't want to be surprised by the next song. I like this song and I feel secure. I <laughs> let me just keep on I feel hearing secure it. In it. I know. And it's and it, and it changes up. It's like really high energy stuff. And it's like, my friend's like, how? He goes, yeah, that's crazy. I'm or not. He doesn't say that's crazy. He's just like, yeah, that's odd. That's really odd that you can do that. I'm like, yeah, I know. It's like, I'll play a song over and over and over again. Um, okay. Hilarious. The next question is, is I ask everybody how to apply this phrase to your own life. What is easiest for you is not always what is best for you. It doesn't have to be that it's harder, but just like, yeah, like, you know, our habits, our routines, our natural way of being. So seeing what it's easiest for me is blank. What is best for me is blank. Oh, what is easiest for me is blank. What is best for me is blank. Yeah. And I like for people mm. to not know I'm going to ask these so that they can just say whatever is the first thing that comes to their mind and however they apply that. <laughs> wow. I love that. What's easiest for me is um, going on a four to five mile walk. So. That's also what's best for me too, but what's best for me when I choose sometimes to go on those walks is to send an email or work on my budgets or do work, administrative work. I don't know. That's like the first thing that's like, I don't know, like I le going on a walk is like the best thing ever and it's really good for me and it's the easiest thing for me to do. So I don't know. Is that an okay answer? Well, let's let's uh, <laughs> let's let's maybe see if we can. Work. So, what is easiest for you is to go for a walk, and what you're kind of feeling like, but maybe what best for me is to be doing all these things that I feel like I should be doing or whatever. Well, okay, so maybe um, it might just be right. like you just need to give yourself. You're right now stating to yourself, "Hey." I need to go take a walk and I'm going to do those things later and it's going to make me better. So maybe you just said it like that because you need to get clear with yourself because maybe do you take walks and then sometimes feel like, oh, I'm supposed to be doing this and blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I do that. But honestly, like my walks that I do every day, they're like a part, they're my routine and they really, um, what's easiest for me is to keep the routine of walking. What is best for me is ensuring that I keep the routine throughout the rest of my day. Okay. If that makes sense. Like, so keeping that schedule, like it's really easy for me to keep a schedule of action, physical movement. But when it comes to sometimes keeping a schedule of like, okay, getting back to this email, doing this, doing that, it's like a little bit more challenging. Got it. That's hard. Well, I'll give you, if you want, a tip that I want to give you. Are okay. you open? Of course. To a little mindset tip is reminding yourself, how do I feel after I take the walk? R like okay. aligned, on point, great. Uh -huh. So why do I want to do these other things that are not normally like once? Like, again, they might feel like I'm writing a book about like, I wrote a book called F the Shoulds Do the Once. And it's basically how I eliminated the word should for my life and swapped it out with once. So I was saying it sounded uh -huh. as if those things were like, you might be saying, I should be doing this, I should be doing this. But if you switch to, I want to do that. But if you, to get to that place, why do I want to? 
oh, because I will feel clear, content, aligned, like a badass business lady, whatever the thing is, if I do those things. So right, I want to do them. So like allow yourself what keeps you motivated to do your walk is right how it makes you feel, right? Uh So then reminding Uh yourself of like, how am I going to feel after I also do these tasks? Oh, I like that. I like that because I don't, I don't, I don't say should, I do my best not to say should either, like removing it from my vocabulary and doing like I get to, and I want to, because everything that I get to do every day is what I want to do. Now, is it the easiest to, um, look at my monthly, you know, uh, budgets or expenditures and, or is it easy for me to send an email and advocate for a higher advocate for a rate or proposal? It's getting there. It's getting there. But you know what? Sometimes I still kind of have a little bit of apprehension and then being able to go on a walk helps me clear my head and empowers me to say, no, just press in. Yeah. Just press in. Yeah. And, though, and sometimes like the invisible shoulds will never go away. So same thing, like even right. though I gave up the word, it's still that energy. So like, again, so I was just Uh saying, if it helps, maybe take that tip of like, right, I I commit to these, I do this walk because of how it makes me feel. And then when you're feeling the push of these things that like, you want to do them, but you don't like, you're not like, woohoo, I can't wait to do this. Like you are about a walk. Then a reminder, why, why would I want to? And how will I feel after, you know? So like, that's probably what keeps you doing the walk. So like, apply that to those things that might feel like the tugging of, well, I don't know then why would I want to do that? How will I feel after? Okay. I don't know if you, again, I was like, I don't know if you want my like <laughs> mindset. I like to- that though. I like that. Like, I like that. That was a really good, um, cause I was like, God, that is hard because everything that I, 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 that's easy for me to do, but that I should be doing instead. Hmm. So yeah. I like so that. Saying, sometimes you don't even hear the should. It's just this energy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. And that's uh-huh. what I was like, it felt like those For things sure. might have been showing up. I was like, I should be doing this. I, this should feel easier. This whatever, like that it might be there. But, uh-huh. uh, okay. Anyway, the last question is the name of the podcast is Claim It because I feel so often we can be like chasing like, oh, once I have this, I'll feel fulfilled, successful enough, worthy, you know, checking off boxes. But we're just constantly chasing the emotion like because we're putting it out there somewhere. Uh, and I believe we can claim whatever it is that we are wanting to feel in any moment. It's not necessarily easy, but like you can claim your worth. You can just claim your value. You can claim that you're successful. You can claim that you're fulfilled right now. And so I want to ask you, what are you claiming for yourself right now? Oh my gosh. I'm claiming everything that I have right now, this moment, (laughs) this is what I'm claiming that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm here, I'm breathing. I'm claiming that I'm claiming, you know, the success of, um, my, my mission in this world and that it, it aligns with the design that has already been mapped out for my life. You know, I'm claiming my discernment and trusting the path, even though I can't see it, you know, like I can't fully see it but I can feel it. And I know, um, that it's only going to help, uh, um, a lot of people and it's only going to further, um, prove why I was born and to whom I was born to. Um, I'm claiming, I'm claiming, um, abundance. I'm claiming, you know, health and, um, beautiful, sweet, 
love of, you know, beautiful, sweet, enhanced love at all times and all things that I touch and all the people that I get to be around and all the people that I get to um, learn from. I'm, I'm, in, I'm claiming forever being a student um, and I'm claiming being a teacher. I'm claiming being a mentor. I'm claiming my my space and all of that. I'm claiming my my space and that that is my calling. So, and I'm claiming just like every single day I choose joy and I claim joy. I claim love. I claim health and I just claim like full body um freedom. So, yeah, and understanding and understanding and most importantly, I claim every single day I am forgiven. And so I forgive with ease. Mm, love it. So beautiful. And I just want to bring back to like, you know, I started with talking about bringing your energy and like how you can just feel your energy and how I can feel that so easily. And I'm sure other people are. And then hearing your story. And it sounds like that maybe I'm sure you always had that, but mm-hmm. maybe bur- buried or murky or something like that. Like it just reminds uh-huh. me, I just want people out there. I say this all the time. But like you choosing joy, you choosing the things that light you up in your life, you think, you know, choosing the things that fulfill you, even if it's like, oh, but blah, 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 you're taking this chance or I'm, you know, not following the shoulds. Like it doesn't just affect you. It affects other people because who you are, because you made those choices for yourself and that you're still doing that and choosing that and putting yourself out there and claiming all those things. We all get to feel that. Like, even though I'm not, you know in your classes or doing that, like your energy is felt. Like I bet the people in the grocery stores feel your energy. Like I feel your energy through social media. So people do the things, you know, that light you up, make the choices, make the leaps. It's not selfish. Some people in your life might be confused at first. There might be some readjustment, but it's going to not just benefit you. Your light is going to be out there in the world, changing lives just by you being yourself. Yep. Just by being who you are and who you are is good enough. It's going, it's, it, people are watching people are, you know, um, I have been saying this a lot lately, you know, a lot of people prayed for you to be here. A lot of pre- people prayed for us to be here that we'll never meet. So let us operate as walking prayers every single day. And if you don't pray, that's fine too, but just miracle, you're a walking miracle. You're a walking miracle you're walking prayer every single day and so um and remembering that that lightens your load a bit to know that you're held uh, you're guided and because people have people sowed seeds into you that um will never get to experience them themselves like my mama she's in her spiritual realm my dad in his spiritual realm they're not here taking my classes or attending workshops or buying my candles but they're 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 part of my fuel. <laughs> and so yeah, trusting that, man, I can't I can't express that enough that recognizing that you are a walking prayer and someone prayed for you. A lot of people prayed for you to be here that you'll never meet. So beautiful. So. And yeah, and it's just your energy is felt. So when you are making choices that that fulfill you, that light you up, that bring you joy, people feel that energy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I, yeah. The best compliment I've, I ever get is like, you have great energy. And I'm like, thank you. And 
Yes, Chad, I'd be in the grocery store, the coffee shop, trying to mind my own business. But, (laughs) you know, sometimes people come over because of my energy and I get it. um, And I understand that and I receive it. You know, it's like a part of it's part of why I'm here, you know, so I don't I uh, do my best to not shy away from it. But that's part of like calling in, claiming more discernment, claiming more discernment in my choices and um, who I spend my time with, what I do, so that it all continues to be into continues to be intentional. So, yeah. Yay! Thank you so much for sharing so much and saying yes, and for thank you for asking yourself <laughs> and shining your light. Thank you so much for asking. This was so fun. Let's do this again. All right. I hope you enjoyed that episode. You can go to the show notes to get links for any of the things we mentioned. As always, if we mention something that I don't put the link in about, feel free to send me an email, podcast at yourjoyologist.com or a DM at underscore Trisha Huffman. I love hearing from you. Did you listen? What episodes are you listening to? What are you enjoying? I love connecting with you. So never be afraid to reach out. And um, for full show notes, go to yourjoyologist.com backslash podcast. You'll find all the episodes there. Uh, For more on ACE, ACE aceyogala.com and at at aceyogala um, on social media. And then she also has I underscore am underscore candles underscore by underscore ACE. So basically I am candles by ACE, but there's a space between each word, um, which is awesome. And yeah, of course, I will have link for the candles and everything in the show notes. Make sure to check out Organifi backslash Trisha and check out all their amazing products. And you get 15% off just from using my link, or you could enter Trisha at checkout if you don't see it automatically um, there. And um, Again, yeah, if you can leave a review, subscribe, and let's think for the final thought of the day. I'm going back to, again, the quote that I see at the bottom of her email, stay brave in your pursuit of joy. Just take that with you. And what does that look like for you right now? It might mean like singing your ass off in the car, not being afraid of who sees you or hears you and what you look like. You know, the little things are big things. Please claim your joy, claim your worth, claim who you are in the now.